I came here to win championships, to win the NFC North, to win the NFC, to win the Super Bowl, to help shepherd and lead a stadium development project, to embrace our alumni, to embrace our history and tradition, and to embrace the absolutely incredible Chicago Bear fans. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. That is the voice of the new president of the Bears, Kevin Warren, and he won the news conference yesterday. And, you know, I really I really enjoyed him saying um, to embrace the alumni because for whatever reason, the Bears haven't always been as um, as welcoming a franchise as others are with their alums. And I think part of it is uh, there's like an – there was an intimidation process where – you know, the the players kind of knew what was going on with uh, some of the decisions that were made at different points. The whole thing with George trying to make a joke regarding Olin and, and Olin's complaint about, uh, about the way they weren't going to pay him to come. I mean, it was just awkward, and it was, it was unfortunate. And, you know, if, if you're not – you know, I've always felt – that the Bears alumni, that's a very strong group of potential help out there. Run some stuff by them. Keep in touch with them. These cool. are people with really good ideas. I, I just never understood why, why they never tapped into that resource. It's a resource. And they kept people at arm's length. They're your best ambassadors as a professional sports organization, no doubt about it, whether it's the Bears or – any team in town, any team in a sports city, former players can be your best brand ambassadors because they live through it, and if they project and speak well of the organization, it reflects well in everybody involved. Yet I think Kevin Warren is going to lean into that heavily because, let's face it, his first comments were a nod to a former Bear player, and there Chris Zorich is. We'll talk to him at 725. Chris Zorch is sitting in the auditorium at Hallis Hall, and he's wearing a big Bears alumni pin on his lapel. And he was talking and making the rounds about his experience with Kevin Warren, who was his agent uh, back in the day when he was a Chicago Bear. And Kevin Warren and Ted Phillips are now uh, people passing at Hallis Hall. Ted Phillips retiring, Kevin Warren taking his job. At one point in time, they were negotiating. Right. And there were a couple slammed doors right. over deals that weren't made or – or negotiations over contracts, and they were telling those stories yesterday. But you're exactly right. The uh, The willingness to embrace the former Bears players is a big part of why people feel good about this move. And that's just one of many reasons that we heard yesterday to believe in Kevin Warren and believe in his willingness and enthusiasm over making an impact. You know, I I also think that it's going to be important to keep a, an eye on that. You know, I'm sure that he meant it when he said it, but the fact that he said it means a lot of people are going to be monitoring it and making well, sure that sure. happens. That's that, all. Yeah, priorities are priorities. Yeah. That, that That is a big one, but it's not the top No, one. it's not, yeah. but I'm saying I like that, yeah, sure. and I like that idea, and for whatever reason, there has been previous to this, this sort of um, – I don't know how you'd refer to it, this sort of franchise arrogance that has come into play with various players who've had different ideas. You know, little things. Like, if if Mike Singletary calls up and says, hey, I want to get into coaching, yeah, 
the guy and get him, find him something to do. Don't tell him, oh, well, we just hired a guy. We're going to move this guy to a different spot. There have been just missteps over the years by not embracing what is a wonderful resource, which is the alumni of the Chicago Bears. Right. Now they clearly have an opportunity to change pretty much everything at Hallis Hall, and I think you got a sense of that. Leaving the building yesterday, Kevin Warren arrives and concerns or – uh, the, the the perception that he is using this as a stepping stone to become the NFL commissioner. I think that's understandable if he's stated that as an ambition in the past. It wasn't addressed yesterday because I don't think it needed to be. I, this is somebody who is here clearly to do the job in front of him, to do a couple things. Number one, priority one, the Arlington Heights Stadium Project is going to dominate every aspect of his life for the next six months at least and maybe the next five years. But secondly, and he talked very openly about winning a Super Bowl. Not that winning a Super Bowl isn't always the primary mission. Everything's related to that. But those two things, making changes that you know in in the building and just changing the culture and making sure that every detail is taken care of with the stadium project, those are the two things that I think are going to occupy most yeah. of the next year. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that then it should, frankly. Um, let's get to the phone lines. 312-644-6767. John is listening on the Odyssey app. Hey, John. Hey, guys. Always enjoy you all. Uh, three quick points. I think he's a great uh, president, and I think he he's very polished, and I like the way that the under the manager and the general manager are going to be reporting to him. And my other two points is uh, uh, I wish that he would somehow hire some of the old Bears alumni to to do something on the Bears team. So when we do go to Super Bowl, that they'll be part of it. And my last point, I picked the Cubs to be better than the White Sox, and I picked five of the Cub players to hit 30 home runs this year. Wow. Who are they? It's going to be the right fielder, the center fielder, and the left fielder, the shortstop. And I'm picking uh, Reyes if if he's still going to be the designated hitter. Um, Thanks for the phone call, John. Yeah. I, I don't think Fred Mill Reyes is going to be Fred part Mill of the Reyes plans. Fred Mill Reyes was DFA'd, right? Yeah, he, he was offered a minor league contract, and yeah. he declined. seemed overly ambitious. Uh, yeah. The other points are good ones, and I think yeah, it's uh, so that's so he's saying Bellinger Suzuki's going to hit thirty. Oh, okay. I I don't know if the Cubs have anybody that is a, is a lock to hit thirty home runs. Yansby Swanson hit 25 last year. Yeah. He could do that again. Sure. But uh, the Bear, the Bears' points are well taken. You know, Kevin Warren was also enthusiastic. We haven't touched on this so much, but when he talked about the significance of the job and what he represents as the first black president of the Chicago Bears, mm-hmm. and he was asked uh, about his, his status as a trailblazer. You know, he was the first – black commissioner of a major uh, conference with the Big Ten. And he talked about taking a group of student-athletes to Selma. And the when he mentioned uh, mar- what he would march for 54 miles for, and he said about being the Chicago – he would do that for the Chicago Bears, it was powerful in the room. And you could tell he was getting swept away in the moment. And the passion for the job – Molly, I think that that is the other thing that's hard to quantify. And it's hard to remember somebody who felt that at that moment. You know, 
passion is hard to describe, but when you're there, you kind of sense it. And it just, I don't remember somebody being as impactful at an opening press conference as he was yesterday. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not arguing that. Um, I thought, I, again, I thought he hit it out of the park. I thought he did a great job, and I felt really good about the Bears being able to bring somebody in where you felt like, and I, I you know, again, I'm not trying, I know a lot of these people, but you just felt like an upgrade. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I think you just felt like, phew, they have got somebody now who is not trying to do their job for the first time, who is somehow, like they got someone that you feel like, wow, they're lucky to have gotten that guy. It's not like they got someone who you're kind of like, yeah, well, we'll see. It, it just felt it just felt right. And it felt like, you know, I mean, George has not done as well as he wants to do. You know, George took over that job. I think he's a I think he's a fan of the team. I think that he's someone that is a sincere person and really wants the team to do well. I also feel like that hasn't happened under his watch, and it's hard to get away from that. And now he's hired someone where he can step back and he can allow them do, to do their job. And I think that makes everybody in the organization better when you have someone at the top that you feel like is, is very qualified for what he's doing and is going to have a sense – of how to get this job done. Papa and, Bear is smiling today. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But but I I you know I don't I don't want to I don't want to act like this is a, just as simple as having someone come in and say, "Hey, mind your P's and Q's and you know, make sure you dot your I's and cross your T's and we're laughing." I think there's a lot of work to be done. I think that this guy will get it done and I think that the Bears will be better and I think the offseason looks very interesting, obviously. You got a lot of money in free agency. You've got to spend a lot of money in free agency. You've got a lot of uh, of kind of options with the number one overall pick. We'll find out how that works out. I saw Dane Brugler had his first uh, or his most recent mock draft. He had the Bears trading down with the Colts. I think he had three first round drafts for quarterbacks, and the first one was the Colts going up for Bryce Young and the Bears going to uh, the fourth pick and getting Jalen Carter, which would be ideal. Depending on what the cost of the first-round pick is, that would be a fantastic booty if you got not only a bunch of draft picks but also a player as good as Jalen Carter to be a centerpiece for that defense. Well, the Colts are going to be one of the many teams that call Ryan Poles and offer – whatever they're going to offer. There's going to be a lot of different deals to consider. There's going to be a lot of difficult decisions yeah. to be made. That's why you feel good about having somebody who at least will be there and as a, as, as part of Ryan Poles' support system. This is somebody who has the experience that he brings to the job with Kevin Warren talking about already trusting Ryan Poles. And, and back during the interview process – they met and they had to establish a report. But when he's – that was a, uh, maybe premature, but there there definitely seems to be a rapport there and a respect level that you would you, you might anticipate with Ryan Poles as inexperienced on the job, welcoming the kind of input from Kevin Warren. But I don't see him being that 
he's going to be very involved. I think that's what we also got a sense of yesterday. He will be very, at least made aware of these proposals, of these possible trades. And I think that's a good thing because you have a very critical point in yes. your in your franchise's, uh, for your franchise's future. You cannot really screw this up. And I think what you saw, heard yesterday was this this inner organizational confidence that he exudes that they're going to somehow get this right or they're going to make the right decision because he's the one who's going to be overseeing the entire operation. And it's a sense of confidence that you haven't always felt at Hell's Hall. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. And David, I mean, anybody who thinks that that not having help for Ryan Poles um, is a good thing, why would you why would you let a guy that is just doing it for the first time be able to call every shot indiscriminately and hope for the best? I mean that that's the kind of thing they were doing here. And that's not the kind of thing you want him doing here. And and it's not it's not like he's going to be intrusive and he's going to say, "Hey, I was breaking down tape on this guy. You've thought about this move." I don't think that's the idea. But I think it's it's about letting people do what they want to do, provided they can make the case to make that move. And you've got to make the case on everything you want to do. You need organizational oversight. The Bears have not really had that. They are an organization that in the past has sought outside help for direction. That's how Ernie Accorsi ended up involved in 2017 and – or I'm sorry, 2015 I think it was when they hired uh, John Fox – after hiring Ryan Pace, and that didn't go so well because of the implication of, you know, wasn't Pace's uh, choice and he was, it was forced on him. These things don't happen when you have a strong president establishing exactly how things should be done. You don't have missteps. You don't have mistakes. You don't have errors in judgment, and you don't need the outside help. Now, in this case... The Bears did use a search firm, and they did end up with Kevin Warren. So I think that is uh, maybe has been the exception to the rule because the rule has been they haven't really understood how to go about things in the right way. And this time, I think maybe they acknowledge they don't know what they don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally – I mean, I think that's an important thing for them to acknowledge. Um, yeah, David, listen. This team, this franchise has has gone the wrong way in a lot of ways because they don't know uh, how to how to right the ship. And the idea that you are now bringing in new leadership. I mean, and we got a lot of people. This is five years too late. This is 10 years too late. Listen, they got to it. All right. They got a guy that you feel is qualified for the job he's going to do. And he's going to help you to advance in that fashion. I don't understand why. That's a bad thing to anyone, frankly. I just don't get it. Well, I, I don't get the people. I guess the cynicism is so deeply yeah. ingrained into the fan base that they watched yesterday and still had uh, the reaction like one of our texters says, what success did he have in Minnesota and Detroit? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know that you can hold him responsible for the Vikings never winning a Super Bowl. I, I don't think that's appropriate or fair. He was also part of the Rams organization where he has a Super Bowl ring um, uh, as evidence of that experience. And the, the story that he told about 
him having a Super Bowl ring as a member of the Rams organization because Mike Jones made a tackle at the one-yard line. And all of all of the things that went into that season, historically good year in St. Louis, having all the Hall of Famers, Hall of Fame coach, Hall of Fame players, all of the things they did as the greatest show on turf. And it came down to one tackle at the one-yard line to make that all end in a championship was a reminder that, you know, how – fragile this all is. So you have to do things the right way. You have to do things in a detailed way. I don't know how anybody, despite all that inherent cynicism, can can watch what happened yesterday and come away feeling anything but optimistic about the future for the Bears. I, I agree with you. I think it's it was about as good um, as a hire as I've seen the Bears make. And it, in the, there was a sense of kind of breath of fresh air that you haven't had up there in a very it, long time. Let's compare it to previous Chicago sports executives taking over. Yeah. It reminded me of the day that Theo Epstein was introduced at, at Wrigley Field in 2011. It reminded me going back pre-scandal to the way the Blackhawks uh, approached things in 2009 and 2008 when before the three championships in five years. It reminded me of the way they talked about enacting change and the need for fresh air in the organization or the buildings. It was that good, and it was that impactful. So I don't think that's exaggerating it at all. This was a long time coming. The Bears going outside the family to hire the most qualified person they've ever hired at Hallis Hall. 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. Don is in Carroll's stream. Hey, Don. How are you guys? Good. I was just going to say the same thing. Is this like the Theo Epstein hire for the Cubs? Is this like the John McDonough hire for the Blackhawks? Is this that sort of watershed moment where you look back and you go, that's when, you know, the golden years, the renaissance started? I think that's the feeling you had yesterday watching it happen leaving the building, reflecting on what you heard and how, how he handled the situation. There is an, uh, a sincerity. There is a charisma. There is a lot of things in the way that Kevin Warren communicates and connects. Now, he still has to do the job. He still has to enact the change and affect that kind of change and have those impacts. But it was a definitely – it gave you that sense, Don, absolutely. And I just described the two examples that, that you referenced. So – I do think it was similar to those. And we're getting a lot of texts from people that are just unaware of the NFL schedule. And I mean key dates in the offseason. So when you talk about free agency, the draft, whatever, you know, March 15th is the start of the new league calendar. So that's when free agency opens. There there will be a, a time period before that where you can, you know, put friends – transition excuse me franchise and transition tags on players franchise tags that's when you're going to find out what the free agent market's going to look like and who's going to be available and and who who people are letting go into free agency and then the free agent period begins on the 15th there is like a little warm-up period where you can try to get everything organized the the allowed um, uh, meetings with agents etc and then it it I believe it's four o'clock on March 15th yeah. is the opening. Of there's a tampering period, and then tampering there's a signing period, period. Then there's a signing period, which starts on the yeah. 15th. And then and then the draft is at the end of April. Yeah. 
So that that is fourteen so, weeks away. That so first comes free agency, then comes the draft, and then you can double back and go into the other round of free agency. We are not even through the head coaching hiring cycle, right? So I would caution people: yes. if you see a proposed trade for the Bears involving a draft pick or moving up to number one, That's and right. you hear names reported as part of those trade proposals, understand how ridiculous that is. It's totally absurd. For instance, the Colts. I read somewhere, tweeted it was somebody tweeted that Michael Pittman could be part of a deal. The Colts want to talk about moving up. Maybe that happens, but there's no way they're considering that now. They don't even have a co- coach. They don't even know who their quarterback is going to be. You're not going to take away the number one, number one wide receiver from a guy in those situations before you even know how the coach you haven't hired yet, how much he values maybe Michael Pittman in the passing game. So – be cautious in what you click on. Be aware of how ridiculous the speculation is on January 18th. Take a breath. Uh, Chris Sorch is going to join us next. We'll talk to uh, Kevin Warren's first client. How cool is that? It's Molly and Haw on the score. Hey, Chris, I want to thank you. It's amazing how the good Lord works. I never would have thought 30 years ago that uh, when you and I would go to those games – and I would wait for you outside the locker room and had the chance to negotiate your contract with Ted that I'd be standing here today. And I just want to thank you for having faith in a 27-year-old person uh, to represent you. And I will, I will forever be grateful. So, Chris Zorge, thank you very much. Mully at Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. That is the voice of the new Bears president, Kevin Warren, and he was uh, introduced yesterday, and a man that was there is the aforementioned Chris Sorich, a Notre Dame legend, a former Chicago Bear. Chris, good morning. How are you? Guys, what's up? Great talking to you. Well, it's great to catch up with you, Chris, and uh, what a wonderful uh, introductory news conference. I mean, Kevin Warren hit it out of the park. We were uh, marveling at it this morning. It's not often that you feel really good about the Bears in the offseason. Well, you know, it's really interesting because folks have asked me, hey, why did you go with Kevin when he was your first client? And I think a perfect example is what everyone had a chance to see yesterday. Um, I'm not sure a lot. I've never seen a lot of r- reporters, a lot of the media folks fired up. Okay, I mean, they. I, I was looking in the room and talking to folks afterward, and they were excited. So, if, imagine what he can do with the staff if he, if he can get you guys excited. <laughs> You're right, Chris. It's good to see you yesterday. I was one of those people, and we talked, and I got a kick out of your recollection of the first time that you dealt with Kevin Warren back in the day when he was just starting as an agent, had a makeshift office in Kansas City, and it wasn't exactly what you might envision uh, an agent's office looking like, and it was a long time ago. Well, you you know, it's so funny, and he was an entrepreneur before entrepreneur, being entrepreneurial was stylish, and so he had this idea of being a player agent and doing it a different way. And, of course, he didn't have a lot of resources, so the office you mentioned was in the back of his wife's barbecue joint. And maybe I think myself, his assistant May, and him, uh, us three in there, I think it was the largest, it was 
the smallest room I had ever been in, and I think there was a fax machine, uh, a file cabinet, and a desk that him and his assistant shared. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and you caught up with her yesterday. He said it was good to see the two of you together, you, May, his assistant, and yourself. You, you know, it, it, it's it, it's so funny. I mean, we've seen each other over the, over the years, obviously, but, um, I mean, I was always calling her. She was always calling me. And one of the unique things that he did, and I think I mentioned this to you, David, was he did something very unique. And, and what he would do is he would send faxes to all of his clients, and it would be little news blurbs about what was going on in the world. And his idea was he wanted us as his clients, as football players, to be able to engage and have conversations with people outside of the world of sports. And so when you're at a cocktail party or when you're talking to someone that's not involved in football, you can actually sound like a worldly person. And, and that was kind of what drew me to him because he wanted us to succeed beyond the football field. So, Chris, he is succeeding Ted Phillips, but at one point in time he was negotiating with Ted Phillips on your <laughs> behalf. So there had to have been some times when – the doors were slamming, and the, the they were at odds with over a certain total or contract figure, whatever the case may be. Do you remember some of those exchanges, and how would you describe them? Well, it is a family show, so I, I don't want to use any any swear words, but there were several doors being slammed and, and several uh, phones being, uh, I don't want to say torn off the wall, but kind of slammed uh, as well, but... You know, it, it, it's interesting when you think about kind of where that, that relationship started. Uh, although it was an, an adversarial one, um, the, the understanding that Kevin was fighting for his client. And I think that's a perfect example of what you're getting as a president and CEO of the organization. He's going to fight uh, beyond his personal capabilities and do everything he can for for the Chicago Bears to have success. I, I talked about how he is a, I don't want to say a workaholic, because um, his wife would probably get pissed at me, but really that's what he is. He, I guarantee you he's going to be the first person at Hallis Hall, and he's going to be the last person to leave. And there were several times when I would go to his office um, and he would have suits in the closet because he would often spend the night at the office working so late that it was more feasible for him to just kind of sleep at the office and, and, and really have a chance to, to, get, to get ahead on the next day. Chris, did, did you meet him when you were at Notre Dame and he was in law school, or were you in law school? I know you went to law school while you were right. with the Bears. Is that when you met? How did you guys hook up? Well, interestingly enough, he was the inspiration of me going to law school, but when, when, when I finished my senior year, he was still in law school at Notre Dame. That's how we met. We just saw each other around campus. I knew of him. He knew of me. We, we talked several times, but there was nothing about him being an agent. And then it wasn't until 92, I mean, we obviously kept in touch, and he got this idea of putting together a sports practice, and because of our relationship, uh, I guess he thought, hey, let me, let me talk to Chris. And I agreed. And so the the sales pitch he gave me was much like the one that you heard yesterday. Um, although he's obviously um, 
aged over the years and has, has had more experience, it's it's still the individual that you had a chance to see yesterday and really talked about his spirit, his heart, his um, his, his influence from his parents, uh, and, and that's really what attracted me to Kevin, and I think that's really what's going to uh, attract everyone to Kevin now. So, Chris, you're sitting there yesterday watching him uh, project and communicate and really connect with the audience, and you're sitting there with the Chicago Bears alumni pin on your lapel uh, as, a, as a proud former member of the Bears. Why is it, in your mind, important for Kevin Warren to reach out to former Bears players and to make sure they feel like they're part of this, whatever comes next, and why they need to be uh, dealt with in a way that maybe they haven't been dealt with before? Well, I can't speak for everyone, but I can just kind of uh, speak on my experiences. Over the years, it has improved, but over the years, the relationship with the Chicago Bears and the alumni really hasn't been that great. Uh, You can go back to way before I got there in 91, the relationship just wasn't there. Now, again, with the direction of Brian McCaskey, uh, it has um, improved a lot, Um, but there are are still more ways that you can improve those relationships. But it, it was important to hear, and I think a lot of the alumni heard as well, that every time he talked about the success of the organization, he talked about uh, the folks in the front office, he talked about the players, he talked about the fans, and he also talked about the alumni. But the reason why he's, he's done that was because of his experience with the Rams, the Lions, and the Vikings. I mean, let's, let's understand who we got here. I mean, we got somebody that has the experience that is needed to have a successful football organization. Um, although, you know, we've had years of McCaskey and, and Ted Phillips, the idea that they were able to bring someone in is really important. Uh, I made a couple of comments last couple of days that the, the thing I'm excited about was that his last name wasn't McCaskey. Now, it's obviously being a little facetious, but the idea is, is that they went outside of the organization after so many years of having family members or Ted Phillips involved in all of the major decisions, now you have someone who has the experience, and oh, by the way, he built a beautiful stadium in Minnesota, i.e., what's going to happen with the Bears and Soldier Field or Arlington Park in the next couple of years? Yeah, you know, I think he made it very apparent to anyone listening that uh, that the Bears are interested in Arlington Park. You know, there have been a lot of these kind of Rumors of maybe Soldier Field could be rebuilt. They sent out this fantastic video. None of that applies here. I I, I think, if nothing else, we learned yesterday that it is about Arlington Heights, and that's the way that the direction the franchise is moving. And and obviously, um, you've got to feel good about that. Well, it's really encouraging because I've heard from so many folks that that, that have stopped being Bear fans or from folks that have some issues with the Bears. And they're excited. And the reason why was because they had a chance to see some of the, the, the clips or his whole uh, press conference uh, that, was, that was online. The idea is that we finally have someone in a position that, I don't want to say knows what they're doing, but has that experience. And, oh, by the way, if there's something that he doesn't know, 
you're going to go out there, research, and learn it. Um, he hadn't done $8 billion media rights deals at the Vikings, yet he was able to do it for the Big Ten. And who saw UCLA and USC joining the Big Ten? I mean, that's, that's crazy. And, you know, everybody was upset with him with what he did with the first part of the, the, the football season for the Big Ten during COVID, but there was no playbook. So what you've seen Kevin accomplish, he has never done before, yes, but guess what? He had success doing it, and everybody loved the fact that now there are going to be 14 uh, teams in the Big Ten, and, oh, by the way, now the Big Ten has a West Coast uh, um, a West Coast Presence. conference yeah. and – representation yeah so chris when you look at kevin warren not being a guy who's going to scout players not going to be a guy who drafts players uh he's not a football guy per se but how valuable of a resource can he be to ryan poles a first-year general manager well when you say he's not a football guy you mean what he didn't play football i mean he's done everything but play right he's done everything but kind of scout players and so in, in order to do that, in order to be successful as a former Division One athletic director, a lot goes into the product you see on the field of the court. And he's had success giving the support needed for teams to be successful. And that's what I see his vision of with, with, with Poles is the idea that he's going to give him all the support he needs in order for them to get the proper players in here to be successful. Very exciting stuff, Chris, and obviously it'll mean a lot to fans that he comes with uh, with your recommendation. So thanks a ton for jumping on. <laughs> thanks, Chris. Well, thanks. I'm not sure how much that, that that's worth, but the, the idea is is that I knew him way back when, and he's the same person that he was then that he is now, and he was a great person, as I mentioned before. He's the reason why I went to law school. He inspired me to be the, to, to, to be the man that I am now. So I'm just excited that everybody has a chance to see how successful he is, but more importantly, what he's going to do for the Chicago Bears. Great talking to you, Chris. Take care. Take care. Thanks, guys. That is Chris Zorich. That is uh, – Dustin is now – I think he grew two inches listening <laughs> to that. Pretty strong endorsement. He loves Good stuff. Chris Zorich. Going way back. Yeah, he's great. Just uh, – a wonderful guy, and what a backstory to Chris Sorich, you know, the, growing up and his mom. and the, I mean, that, that is heart-wrenching stuff, belongs in a movie, and uh, that's pretty amazing, that connection. Really pretty And wild. you should have seen him yesterday beaming, sitting in a couple rows back in the audience, watching Kevin Warren just at, behind the microphone at the podium, and, and Chris could not have been prouder. I didn't realize how far back they went on the campus of Notre Dame at the same time. Right. And that got Chris motivated to go to law school, which is all these different connections. And that was, it was 30 years ago, and then they meet under these circumstances again. It's just pretty cool. 312-644-6767. We've got, uh, we've got a little thing we got to get to uh, before we get to Dan Wiederer at 8 o'clock. Uh, there's another – guy in the news who um talking about uh winning but is he talking about winning the right thing mully and haw on the score 
Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. So your buddy Aaron Rodgers was why is, on. Why is he my buddy? Well, he's your dear friend, Aaron Rodgers. Okay. And uh, he was on with your guy, the, uh, the punter. My, with why the, is he my guy? Because I assign people to I, you I know, that you I do don't that. want. Do I don't mean it as a negative. Kind of do. I just it's don't. Right. I, he's not my guy, I'm so he's got to be your guy. I'm not. I'm resisting You can that. have. You love it. I, I, Pat McAfee is more entertaining to yeah. listen to than Aaron Rodgers. But the, the two of them together are can't miss. And and Aaron was on uh, yesterday, and it's interesting because a lot of people want to link Tom Brady uh, to the end of his career, and, uh, and, and here's Aaron Rodgers. Is he done? And, I, you know, it, it's interesting because I, I don't think they're that closely connected. One guy is 38, 39. The other guy is going to be 46 when the season starts. And – I, I think with Tom, you know, making the decision he made to play and all that it cost him, I don't think he wants to go out the way he went out. Now, I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to go out losing at home in an important game. But but take a listen to Aaron Rodgers telling the uh, the uh, the tank top wearing punter uh, what he sees his future as. Do I still think I can play? Of course, of course. Can I play at a high level? Yeah, the highest. I think I can win MVP again in the right situation. Um, right situation, is that Green Bay or is that somewhere else? I'm not sure. Um, but I don't think you should shut down any, you know, opportunity. Like I said, during the season, it's got to be, you know, both uh, both sides, uh, you know, like actually wanting, you know, to work together moving forward. And uh, I think there's, you know, more conversations to be had. Okay. He can still play at a high level. He can win an MVP. Did he say anything about a championship? No, Does, he did didn't. Did he care about winning a Super Bowl? I, Shouldn't he want a Super Bowl? I think, yeah, that's obviously the thing that stands out is that he should talk in terms of team instead of, instead of me. But we're talking about a, a football diva that looks at things differently. And uh, it, he is right, though. I mean, he if he comes back, he's going to be – in his mind, a position where he can have the most success. And maybe he's already conditioned himself to think that if he can put himself in that spot in order to win an MVP, his team's going to be good. His team's going to be good, a championship-caliber team. I think that's a big leap to make, but he should be the kind of guy. You would like to hear your stars talk in terms of championships. Yes, that is the, the buzzword. That's the, the mentality you want them to have. I, I think he's coming back. That made it clear. When he's interviewing himself, then you kind of know that he's putting himself in that position to to ease the way back, whether it's to Green Bay or anywhere else. I think it's more likely that he comes back than Tom Brady. Okay, um, that's interesting, and, and we should get to that. But I, I here's the thing. I don't think he's leaving Green Bay because of all the money, and I don't think that they're going to be able to trade him because of all the money. And I think that the contract status – is going to make it difficult. But what it underscored to me, David, is he he wants to win the MVP. I don't know that he wants to win the Super Bowl because if he wanted to win a Super Bowl, maybe he would have shown up earlier in Green Bay in the offseason and worked with the young receivers. And instead, he shows up late, he calls them all, you know, out, and they're all none of them are good enough. And then by the end of the year, he's actually connecting with them a little bit. Had he had he been pursuing um, a championship instead of individual goals, maybe he would show up and be a team player 
and get those guys up and running and get their offense up and running by working with people that have never worked with them. Yeah, I think it's a good point. Obviously, it took them a while to get it going. I think you could even go a step further if you wanted to, and it's easy to say this about other people's contract situations and money, but we have seen it happen when superstars get to the point where all they care about is winning a title and they're fixated on a championship they restructure their contracts to make it more conducive to surround themselves with talent. Right now, the Packers are strapped with the salary cap largely because they have this big whopping number that they have to pay Aaron Rodgers. And Tom Brady, for years with New England, did something took similar. Less money. Took less money yeah. so they could spend more on support on the supporting cast. Right. Green Bay is not in a position to do that. They don't have that luxury because Aaron Rodgers has not been as – I don't, don't know if he's been as willing. I don't know if it ever crossed his mind based on his rhetoric. So these are different situations. Um, you wonder where his state of mind is. It sounds like he's you know, thinking about himself more than the team. That wouldn't be the first time. And maybe it helps explain why he has had the career that he has had. But in large part, his legacy will be somewhat disappointing because of only one Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree. Um, and Tom's got all the Super Bowls you could want. Um, and, and you think he is going to retire? I think he should retire. I just wonder I, if he's lost so much with that last year coming back. I, I always felt he was going to come back. Um, and I said that at the time because he was almost reluctantly taking a step away. And now I think he really needs to, and maybe he comes back again. I, I don't. I don't think he is going to retire necessarily. I just think he's more likely to than Aaron Rodgers. I don't yes. see there's any way yes. Aaron Rodgers is walking away from the contract no. No. that he is that owes is going to pay him what they're going to pay him next year. Exactly. Tom Brady, they both ended the seasons on their home field and they both walked yeah. off with a wave. Yeah. And I just feel like if you're asking me to either lay odds or talk about likelihood, it's more likely to me that Tom Brady retires than Aaron Rodgers but if you had to pin me to a corner back me in there and say w w what's going to happen I would think both are going to be back yeah I think yeah. both will be back I think with Tom it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with the Niners in this in this playoff run and if they can if they can win if they can't conceivably the problem with Tom is that you know he doesn't want to get hit anymore at all that's obvious. And, and that's fairly obvious. And I don't know that you can play that way. Well, I don't know how else you'd play at 46. That's why these rumors yeah. of him going to the Raiders make little sense because that no. is a team in transition. And that's where you'd get hit. I think he'd get hit a lot, and that that would not okay. end well. He'd be okay in San Francisco. His folks live like 20 minutes away from there. He grew up following the team. I think that's a possibility. Or maybe even in, um, in Miami. Miami. Yeah, Miami or the 49ers make yeah. the most sense from yeah. a football perspective. No other team in a situation to protect him will be in a position to sign him because they don't need a quarterback. He's not going to the Baltimore Ravens if they move on from Lamar Jackson. That would be the third team that would come to mind, but I really don't know if that makes sense at this time. But to be continued because we don't know where this Lamar Jackson story is headed. All right, we've got Dan Weederer. He's going to join us next. We're going to uh, pick apart everything we learned yesterday, and we will do that next. Mullion Hall on the score.